0: Hallelujah. This morning, I was reminded of a pastor that I listened to during the week. And he opened my eyes and what it means to spend time with God in worship. Sometimes we come up here and we share, what is it that you need from God? And what is it that you want God to do in your life? And how do you want God to move in your life but yet we before we were born were drafted down from heaven we were placed in our mother's womb and we are here on this earth to glorify him that is our purpose is to glorify him and we always think to ask for what we need But our true act of worship is in giving him our praises. A time of worship in a setting like this is to give him our praises. Because your praise and my praise is going to look different because what he's done in your life and what he's done in my life is different. But our time of praise should resemble what has he done in your life and laying it out at the feet of Jesus, because he's done so much in my life. He's answered so many prayers. He saved me from so many snares of the enemy, and that is our radical time of worship here, because the scripture says that if we don't cry out to him, if we don't give him our praises, the rock's will shout out to him. And God wants our praises. It's the only thing that we can give him. He gave us his son. He gives us his grace. He gives us his mercy that are new every morning. What can we give back to him but our praises? And sometimes we can't even do that. And I was just standing there and just worshiping. And, and I was reminded of that because this, it gave me a different outlook on what my praise to him should look like, what my worship to him should look like, what my sacrifice to him should be because of everything that he's done for me. And what is man that he is mindful of us? So, what is our praise that we can't sometimes even give him that? Isn't he more deserving? Isn't he worthy? So, with the spirit of thanksgiving, and I've been trying to instill this in my son and making him think past material things and telling him, no, we need to be grateful. He deserves our praises, he deserves all of the honor, and he deserves all of the glory because of who he is because of who he is in your life amen so first corinthians 15 57 says but thank god he gives us victory over sin and death through our lord jesus christ and as i broke that down this week with little d i told him sin Separates us from God. Death can separate us from God. But the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so we are victorious over those things because nothing can separate us from His love through Christ Jesus. And then 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians. 15, 15, I'm sorry, my screen moved. 1 Chronicles 29, 13. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. So, Lord, as we're gathered here this morning, Father God, we lift your name on high. Because you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy of our praises, Lord. It is the one thing that we can give to you, Lord, a sacrifice of praise to the Father who is deserving, who is loving, who is faithful, who is everlasting. We thank you, Lord. I thank you. We just sang a blanket of your presence. I thank you for blanketing us with your presence, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, Father God. Have with this service what you will, Lord. Have with our pastor what you will, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the word that you've placed on his heart. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing and the calling on his life. We thank you, Lord, for the members of New Life Community Church. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that even though we may face struggles, we don't stay in our struggle. And you are with us every step of the way, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you because where we are is just on a journey to where you're taking us, God. And our hope is eternity with you, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that we would hold on to that hope, Lord. If nothing else, the hope of eternity with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Happy birthday to all the November babies. I know my mother-in-law, November baby. Anybody else a November baby? Well, myself, but (laughs) I don't want to throw myself at the front of the bus. You know, birthday month. (laughs) Um, Towards the end of the month for December, we're going to have a special Christmas service on the 23rd. And for those of you ladies, because I know who you are, who didn't make it to our Women's Bible Study last Thursday, um, we will be meeting every third Thursday of the month. And um, it'll be at my home at 7 o'clock. So keep that marked on your calendar for the next five months. And um, and I hope you will all come, because it was a powerful time of just fellowship, excuse me, opening up, and um, time of prayer as well. There were some some um, needs that were met there, and um, and God is just good in showing up, amen? Um, and if you don't know yet, but we do have a YouTube page um, where you can listen to all of the sermons, well, not all of them, but for about a month back, they're on YouTube now. So, it's a great witnessing tool. Um, if you know someone who could benefit from hearing the word and it's a, share, it's a way to share, um, share it and then go on there and like it and, and, um, and use it and, and listen to it again for yourself because it's powerful. So um, if you would just take a few moments to greet each other and we'll continue with morning worship.
1: Good morning, new life. Um, if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to be looking at four short verses this morning. Uh, they're powerful verses. I hope you are encouraged by it. I know um, me in preparing and, and, and looking over this text, I was. Uh, my title of my sermon this morning is Powerful and Effective Prayer. Powerful and Effective Prayer. And last week we looked at Elijah. We've been looking at Elijah for the last several weeks. But last week we looked at Elijah. And what we saw was a showdown. If you remember the showdown, it was, the, it was Elijah... ...against the prophet of bells, right? And it was a showdown. We know who won the showdown. We know Elijah won uh, the showdown. But the purpose of it was to see who was the true God. Who was the real God? Who was going to answer the, the call to, to send fire from heaven? And we saw the, 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 the prophets of bells just wasted their time and energy... And, ...and didn't get anything accomplished. And we saw that Elijah, in a short, short prayer... Right. Fifty nine words. It's about 20 to 30 seconds long. Call down a call to God and fire fell down from heaven. It was a short prayer. It was a short prayer, but it was answered. And if you remember a few weeks ago in the beginning of chapter 18, we saw that God told Elijah to go where? He told him to go to Ahab. Right. Present himself to Ahab. And if he presented himself to Ahab, what would happen? God will send rain. Upon the land. And this morning we're going to see that rain fall upon the land for Elijah. Amen. And so we see that, that, that Elijah went and he confronted uh, King Ahab. We saw that, that he, he not only confronted King Ahab, but he went out and, 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 and demolished the prophets of, of, of Baal. We know that God answered Elijah's prayer. We know that God answered Elijah's prayer for no rain. We know God uh, answered Elijah's prayer for fire to fall down from heaven. And this morning we'll see God answered Elijah's prayer to send rain upon the land again. And when you think about it, Elijah prayed hard for it to rain. Okay? The Bible says it was seven times, we'll see it in just a second, seven times for, for rain to come on the land. And we look at rain, for not the rain was was very short. We don't see how many times he, he prayed for that. But we see also last week when he called fire down from heaven, it took, what, 20, 30 seconds, right? 59 words in the NIV. And the fire came down, and prayer was instantly answered. And fire came down, licked up everything about that, that, uh, that, that sacrifice, and he answered. God answered the prayer of Elijah in a short time. Have you ever been in a situation, I imagine you have, that you've prayed about something really, really, really hard. And maybe you, you don't view it maybe as really hard, but at that particular time, it was really hard for you to pray about that situation. And so you're you, you going before God and you were praying really hard and then nothing changes. Right? Nothing changes. The Bible tells us that Jesus prayed. He prayed so hard in Luke... 22, 44, it says, his sweat was like drops of blood. He was praying, praying hard. You know, you pray about these things, these circumstances, and they're a big deal for you. And because they are a big deal for you, you pray what? Little bits? You pray hard. You pray hard. You get on your knees. You spend time. You bombard heaven's gates because they are a big thing. But there's times when it seems like nothing changes. Like nothing happens, like God doesn't hear you, the situation doesn't change, the healing never comes, the finances are never there, the job is not what it was or what, it, what, what you thought it was going to be. It just doesn't work out and nothing changes. Or the other instance is, is not only doesn't change, but it goes the opposite way and it gets worse before it gets Better. We've all had those situations. I'm not the only one, right, who's had a situation and you prayed about it and it seemed like it got worse and not better, right? We all had those situations. And then through all of it, what do we do? We question God. We wonder if prayer is actually working. We wonder if God really hears us. We wonder sometimes of what I've done because God's not answering my prayer. What have I done to maybe tick God off? Right? You ever felt that way? I know I have. Maybe you're at that point at one point in your life. Maybe you're not at that point today. Maybe you are at that point today. You're at that point where, where, where you just want to give up. Right? We have seen Elijah over the last several weeks. We, we realized that he was a nobody. Right? To a man of God. To now we see him as a As as a man of prayer. Elijah knew what to do when he didn't get an answer. He knew what to do and he continued on praying. Amen? James 5.16 tells us, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of what kind of person? A righteous person right? A righteous person's prayer is what? Powerful and effective. Well, you might be sitting there right now and say, well, I'm not righteous. You're right. You're not righteous. I'm not righteous. We're not righteous, but, and that's a big but, Through Christ Jesus, what He done upon the cross, he took the unrighteous person, which is myself and you, and he made us righteous through him. Amen. And because we are righteous through him, our prayers are what? Powerful and effective. Isn't that encouraging? you know that you are righteous, because you are righteous, your prayers, we may not see it right now, but your prayers are powerful and effective. Amen? Now, since our prayers are powerful and effective, James continues on. And he uses an example of a a person who had a powerful and effective prayer life. You know who that person is? Elijah. He continues on in verse 17. He says, Elijah was a human being. And we covered this a few weeks ago, but what is Elijah? He's a human being. Amen? Even as we are, James says, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. So two things we see out of here. One is he's human being. Even as we are, James is making a point he's human being. And then we always think, but he's Elijah. Well, then he continues on. No, even as we are, he prayed for rain and there was no rain. He prayed for rain and now there is rain. Why? Because... The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If Elijah's prayer is powerful and effective and he's just like us, then our prayers are powerful and effective. Amen. Powerful and effective. So I want you to think about that this morning. And there's three things I want you to see regarding Elijah and his powerful and effective prayer. And the first one we find in verse 41 in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. He says, and Elijah said to Ahab, "Go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain." What, what, what is it? did he see? Heavy rain? It was the sound of heavy rain. So the first thing I want you to see about Elijah is Elijah listened for what God wanted. He listened for what God wanted. The first thing we see Elijah do is what he. Hears the sound of rain. This man hears the sound of rain. Now, it wasn't just rain that he heard. Elijah didn't say rain's coming. He didn't say some sprinkling. He didn't say a 20% chance of rain and an 80% chance of sunshine. He said it was pouring. I hear the sound of pouring rain. Amen. When God's blessings come upon you, it's not a sprinkle or drizzle, it's a pouring rain. Amen. So here he was. He didn't have the Doppler 7000, right? He didn't have a 10 day forecast from weather.com, right? He he didn't have Dallas rains in his ear saying, guess what? Load up in your rain jacket because it's going to rain tomorrow. It didn't smell like rain. He didn't have arthritis and, and he can feel the weather changing in his bones, right? He heard the sound of rain. You're getting this? He didn't see it. He didn't see it. He heard the sound of rain. Amen. Here he was walking on land. Three years, no rain. Can you imagine three years, no rain? I don't water my front grass. It's a bunch of weeds, right? And when we don't have rain in the summertime, it's dry as can be. And every time I walk out my front door, I'm reminded of, number one, I got to get some grass. But number two, I don't water my grass and it's all dead, right? It's all dead. And so you see the deadness in the grass. You can see it. You can feel it in the, in the soil because the soil is not compacted. It's loose. And so you can't imagine th- th- three years with no rain, not a drought in California where it rains, you know, for a few months. And then the rest of the year, we're dry. I'm talking about no rain for three years. He, he, he doesn't sense it. He doesn't feel it. But he hears it. Now you say, how can he hear rain? Well, if God allows you to hear rain. You're going to hear rain. Amen. God allowed him to hear rain. Something that God allowed him to hear was the pouring rain that was on its way. Amen? We must listen for what God wants to do, but is not doing yet. We must listen to what God wants to do in our lives, but is not doing yet. You see, it's easy for us to listen to God when things are happening right in front of us and we can see and we can sense it and we can hear it and it's easy for us. But we must tune in to what God wants us to hear before he even does it. Amen? The rain wasn't there, but he heard the pouring rain. We must listen to what he wants to do before he even does it. See, rain wasn't there. Rain wasn't there yet. No physical sign of rain, but God was going to send rain upon the land. Amen? question this morning is, what does God want to do in your life? Have you asked him that question? I think we all have. I'm going to take it a step further. Have you waited for a response? Have Have you waited for a response? Have you asked him and then just listened to him? The issue with, with, with us is we want God to hear us, and we always say, God, are you hearing my prayer? Are you listening to me? But we don't give him the same time to listen back. Listen, if I, I'm, I my, my lovely wife here, if I just talked the entire time of a relationship, right, I could never listen to her. But we do that in our prayer life. We give God the laundry list, and we want him to listen to us, And we get down to the end of it and say amen all right i'm done i'm out of here wait a prayer is a conversation and a conversation entails two people and a conversation means i'm not just talking at her i'm talking with her we're having a conversation right she's talking back to me but if i just talk at her and walk away I'm not having a conversation anymore. I'm talking at her, giving her my my two cents, and I'm walking away without the opportunity of her responding. And because she can't respond, I'm not listening. Even if she does respond, I'm not there to listen, right? And I think we get into that, church, where we want God to listen to us, but we're not willing to listen to him, right? We're not willing to listen to him. Let me ask you this question. Is God not listening to you, or are you not listening to God? You know, we say, well, God's not answering my prayer. My advice to you is this. Is he? Are you listening to God? Are you listening to the sound of rain? Are you listening to the sound that's coming? What are you listening to? Or are you just giving him your request, dumping it at the at the, at, at the seat of uh, the throne room of heaven, and walking out the door like, you know, you're done and over with, right? Mic drops, you're out. No, don't drop the mic. Give it to the person so they can speak, right? Give it to God so he can talk to you and listen to what he has to say. See, he gets blamed for not listening. I don't think he's not listening. I think we don't listen. Amen? It's hard. That's hard. It's a, a, a hard taking. But there's times that, like I'm watching a Laker game, my wife will come in the room and tell me something, I t- tune her out. And then she'd tell me a week later, hey, I remember I told you this? I, I don't remember. I'm sorry, babe. Right? Why? Because I wasn't listening to her. Okay? I'm not, I wasn't listening to what she had to say. Right? If you don't listen, we're not going to hear what, she had, or what, what God has to say in our lives. Amen? It's not him. It's us. Elijah was going through a drought. He suffered through the drought just like everybody else. He, he was a man. He needed water. He needed food. All the food sources was dying around him. And maybe you're in that same predicament today. Maybe you feel like you're going through a drought right now where you are at. And nothing's going right. And everything seems to get harder, right? Nothing comes easy. And it all piles up on you all at once. You sit there and you think, what else can go wrong? And of course, you know, something else goes wrong. The dryer breaks. The car breaks down. You know, you get sick, whatever it may be. Seems like one issue after another. Maybe at one point you felt the blessings of God in your life and now you just don't sense him. or You don't feel him for one reason or another. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're just done with life. Maybe you're thinking about giving up or maybe you have given up. I want you to think about Elijah. I want you to think that uh, he saw destruction. Think about him. He saw destruction of the drought all around him. The, all the havoc in the land. And we go through that in our droughts. We can point to this situation and this situation and this went wrong and that went wrong and that went wrong and that went wrong. And, that went wrong and that's our drought. And we're going through that, that valley in life like Nathaniel preached about several weeks ago. But Elijah, at the peak of the drought, and you say, well, how do you know it's the peak of the drought? Because... If we're in a drought, today's worse than yesterday, right? And tomorrow's going to be worse than today. Because if you're in a drought, you don't get better until it rains. He's at the peak of the drought, right where he's at. He's at the peak of his drought. And Elijah, all around him is death or something dying. And he hears the sound of rain. He had difficulties. We saw his difficulties over the last few years. But through it all... He knew that there was something on the other side of nothing. He had nothing, and there's something on the other side of nothing. He hears something on the other side of nothing. Amen? On the other side of nothing, he hears the sound of rain. In our drought in life, it's it's easy for us to hear the negative. It's easy for us to hear you're not going to make it. It's easy for us to hear that you're a failure or you're a loser or you're going to die or your healing is not going to come or your financial breakthrough is not going to come. God's not going to change your situation because God doesn't hear your situation. And it's easy for us to see the negative. You hear the words, you're finished. You're done. You're over with. Throw in the white towel. There's nothing else going to change about your situation. So just give it up. And we hear the negative about it. You're not going to make it through the droughts. This is the best things are going to get for you. And you hear the negative. Tell you what, church. We just need to listen to God and not the devil. Amen? We got to listen to what he wants for our lives. If we can learn to rise up and tell the devil this... I don't think so. I'm not done yet. The reason why I'm not done is because I can hear the sound of rain coming upon my life, and I can hear the sound moving in the, in, in, in the background coming to the forefront, and I can see that there's clouds on the horizon, and God's going to pour his blessing upon my life. I'm not done. Amen? Amen? I can hear it. I can, you don't have to feel it. You don't sense it. I can hear that there's rain coming in my life. Not a drizzle. God doesn't turn on the, spri- the, the, the sprinklers and they just fizzle. It's not going to be a do or a miss. It's going to be a pour down. It's going to be a, a downpour from heaven upon our lives. Amen? Because we know there is something on the other side of nothing. God's going to deliver me from my drought. Say that. God's going to deliver me from my drought because I can hear the powering rain coming in my life. Amen? He knew that rain would fall and the drought would be over. See, that's hope, church. In your situation, in your drought, in your valley, wherever you may be at, whatever you may be facing or situation, whatever it is, Your your, your drought's coming to an end because all droughts come to an end, amen? And the rain, the pouring rain is going to come down upon your life. But the question is today, can you hear it? Can you hear it? See, Elijah knew that as soon as rain fell, the drought was over. And what's true for Elijah, it's true for you and me today in our droughts, amen? Just like Elijah, the day is coming where the blessings of God will rain upon our lives. And our drought will be over. But the first step of getting out of your drought is spending time listening to God. Listening to God. Amen? Second thing I want you to see, verse 42 says this. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but... Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. The second thing I want you to see about Elijah is Elijah prayed for what he heard. Elijah prayed for what he heard. you got to understand, chapter 18 started out with, Elijah, present yourself to King Ahab, right? And I will bring rain upon the land, right? So, then... He went from that to he heard rain, right? He hears rain. And now we see that he's praying for what God told him was going to happen and what he heard was going to happen, but he's praying about what he heard. So Elijah, what does he do? He goes back to Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel was a place where the bell gods were. Remember last week. And the bell gods are completely destroyed. They're all dead, right? Right. And I imagine that Mount Carmel now is probably a deserted place. And Elijah thought, I just want to go. I don't want to celebrate. I just want to go back to the Mount Carmel. And I want to worship my God. I want to pray to my God. And he went up to that lonely place. And he spent time in prayer. You know, it's interesting. A thing about it is this. Is he heard from God first. And then he prayed about what God told him. You see that transition? He listened to God first and then prayed about what God said to him. Amen? You see, I think it's customary for us to take our laundry list and say, Lord, I need help with this, this. I need your advice, this. I need your blessings with this. I need a breakthrough with this. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. Amen, right? Well, what happens if we actually went into prayer saying, God, you know what? Give me the opportunity. Let me hear you. And then as I hear you, let me pray what I've heard from you. Not just giving you the laundry list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to you, Lord, but I want to hear you first. Right? And how many of us, and I do, I do it more odd times than not, how many of us get into prayer and we start throwing our demands to God? And we don't, and then, and then if, we, if we listen to God, it's at the very end to what we prayed about. And we want his, his we want our will to be his will. And, and, and the other side of it is if we listen to God and know what he wants, and then we can, we can pray his will to be done in our lives, we end up turning the tables and we pray his will, which is a lot easier to get done than, my will match, than his will match up with my will, right? We want God's will to match up with our will. That's not going to happen. It doesn't happen that way. But we pray that way where we give God these things, and at the very end we expect him to answer the, the prayers we prayed about, That he didn't even tell us about. So we want him to grant us things that we want, right? And and not what he wants in our lives because we never listened to him in the first place. Elijah had powerful and effective prayer. But it was due to him hearing God first and praying for what God wanted and not what Elijah wanted. God told him it's going to happen god told him that rain was going to come he heard rain coming but here we see elijah still had to pray about it and you might ask why is that my answer is i don't know that's how god works okay you you have an issue with that when you die and go to heaven you go talk to him about it right but there's people i've I've met throughout my life and they said god told me this so i'm not to pray about it well wait a minute what do you mean you have to pray about it you know if elijah Elijah knew rain was coming. Elijah heard rain was coming. Why did he have to pray about it? Think about that. Why did he have to pray about it? See, again, the simple answer is because that's how God works. Let me, let me, let me, let me break it down to you this way. If you, if you don't understand that, is Jesus knew the will of the Father, but he still prayed to the Father. You think about that? So if Jesus knew the will of the Father but still prayed for the Father's will to be done and still prayed to the Father, what makes us think that we don't have to do that? What makes us think that we don't have to pray what God has told me and we, we, we hold on and we're so, used to, we're so good at proclaiming things that God told us in our lives? We're not, we're not praying about it. Well, God already told me, well, just because God told you, God sent Jesus down for one reason, right, to save us. And he knew his purpose, but that didn't exempt him from praying about it. Amen? See, we know what God wants in our lives. We may uh, know the blessings he wants to give us. We may know his, his will, and we may have heard the sound of rain upon our lives. But does that mean we stop praying? No. You pray of what God has told you about amen we keep praying just like elijah kept praying remember this elijah heard the sound of rain didn't see any sign of rain and god didn't send rain until elijah prayed think about that see rain was coming god told him he heard the sound of rain god never sent rain until elijah did what Pray. Pray about it. Amen. You may know God's blessings. You may hear the sound of rain, but it won't come until we start praying of what we heard from God. The third thing I want you to see, verse 43 says this, uh, 43 says this, this is go and look toward the sea. He told his servant and he went up and he looked. There is nothing there. He said seven times. Elijah said, go back. The third thing I want you to see about Elijah's prayer is Elijah prayed persistently. Persistently. We touched on this a few weeks ago about persistent prayer. Elijah didn't see an answer right away. He did when he called fire from heaven, right? Fire came down, 59 words, and, 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 it, and it broke through, and it burned up everything, licked up the sand, licked up the water. Fire instantly fell from heaven as soon as he prayed. And that, that, that is awesome when that happens, and God works that way at times. Where we pray for something, and boom, something happens upon our lives. You see, we live in the on-demand society. Everything is on-demand. Your cable is on-demand. Your apps are on-demand. You order a cheeseburger from Carlos Jr. on-demand. I go to Starbucks and order my Starbucks drink on-demand and go pick it up on my time and not waiting in line. We live in an on-demand uh, uh, society, and we want God to be an on-demand God where we ask for something, and there's a door knock at the door or we we ask god for a healing and the doctor walks right into the uh, emergency room and says everything's going to be fine we want an on demand god and god works that way sometimes and others he does not see we want the answer we want it right then and we want it right there god works that way other times he doesn't think about the drought three years Elijah wanted rain when? Yesterday. He wanted to be over with. He was a human. He had issues. There was issues in the land with water. He wanted the drought to be done and over with like yesterday. But it wasn't. He prayed. Go see if there's rain. No rain. Right? He continued continue to pray. He sent his servant again. No sign of rain. Seven times this happened, and there was no sign of rain. Elijah was told rain was coming. He spiritually heard rain was coming. He prayed for rain to come, and he gets what? Nothing. You ever felt that way before? I have. Felt nothing. You know, for us, how many of us have has heard God speak in our lives? But, but for one reason or another, it just hasn't happened how he said it was going to happen. What's our natural, natural reaction is to ask what? Why? Lord, I, I've heard you. You've told me this. I prayed about it. Why? Why isn't this happening to me? What do we do? What do we do when the first prayer doesn't go through? Or the second? Or the third? Or the sixth? Or the hundredth? What do do? we do do we keep praying do we give up hope the natural thing is I was talking to Candace this morning about it is this is when there's a need we bombard heaven's door really hard that particular time and no answer comes so the next day or the few days later or the next week we bombard heaven's door pretty close to that first time no answer nothing changes The third time we pray, I guarantee you, we don't pray as hard as the first and second time. Nothing happens. The fourth time, I guarantee you, we pray less the fourth time than we do the third time. Why? Because we don't see nothing. Nothing changes. And so as we get further and further out in our occurrences of prayer, the natural thing is to start thinking that God doesn't hear me. That God doesn't answer my prayer. That God doesn't want this to happen in my life. Or or, or we start doubting God. Right? We've all done that. See, through it, although Elijah doesn't give up in prayer, he doesn't sell himself to the idea that God is not answering his prayer. He continued to pray when nothing was happening. He continued to pray again, and he prayed some more, and he prayed some more, and he prayed some more. Elijah didn't allow the outward circumstance of what's going on to affect his inward assurance. You get that Elijah didn't allow the outward circumstance of what was going on to affect his inward assurance, meaning he didn't let the drought, the drought affect what God told him inside of him. He didn't let the, the death that was all around, around him from the, from, from the drought affect what God has internally told him. He's, God told him it was going to rain, and he believed it's going to rain, and he continued on searching God for rain and kept praying about it. He didn't allow his outward circumstance affect his inward assurance of what God has told him in his life. Amen? When it seems like God is not moving. When it seems like God's not answering our prayer. Time after time, prayer after prayer, Elijah got nothing. But does he give up? Does he give in? Does he throw in the towel? No, he continues to pray. See, we've all been in the shoes of Elijah, right? All of us. Am I the only one that's been in the shoes of Elijah praying five, six, seven times? I think we all have been in the shoes of elijah where we felt like we prayed to no avail but how do we handle that what do we do we do what elijah did we keep praying amen we keep praying a a a year or two ago i went over a, a, a a series in prayer and push the acronym for push is pray until something happens you push through you pray until something happens. You keep pushing through. You keep praying until we see something happen. With Elijah, it was seven times. Seven times before he saw something. Six times Elijah saw absolutely nothing servant go see is there is there a cloud or something no okay no cloud let me continue praying go back and see is there a cloud no cloud let me continue praying let me go back and see there's a cloud six times he came back with nothing i don't see a cloud elijah i see absolutely nothing seven times go i see a cloud by the size of a man's fist in the distance let me tell you this, on the other side of nothing is something. Turn to your neighbor and say, on the other side of your nothing is something. There's something on the other side of nothing. But the issue is, is we give up too early. Can you imagine if Elijah just gave up on a sixth prayer? Well, you know what? I heard God wrong. I'm done. Get off this Mount Carmel. Let me go turn myself into Jezebel, and I'm good. I'm, I'm over Which he had a tendency to doing, because we see here in the next chapter, he's depressed. He could have just thrown in the towel, you know what, Lord, this is not, this is not of you. I'm done. I prayed six times. How many more times do you have to pray, Lord? Come on. Right? We, we do that. We ask God that. How many more times do I have to pray about this? See, we see something, we see nothing after the first prayer, the third prayer, the fifth prayer, the sixth prayer, the seventh prayer, the 70th prayer, the 700th prayer. And since we see nothing, what do we do? Quit. Okay. All right. I'm done praying about the situation. I'm done praying about this individual. I'm done praying about my church. I'm done praying about my finances. I'm done praying about it because it's not working. Can you imagine if Elijah just gave up on the sixth time? Would we be talking about him today? On the other side of nothing is something. First Kings 18.44 says this. The seventh time the servant reported... A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Elijah didn't look at it and say, that's all? Right? How many times that we ask God for something and we see something on the horizon and we look at it and we say, that's what you gave me, God? Right? And we don't realize that it's the size of a man's fist, but by the time it gets here, we're going to be in trouble if we don't get indoors because the flood of heaven is going to rain upon us. We look at it and say, that's all, God? That's all you have for me? That's all, that's, 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 that's it, Lord? Can you imagine? Elijah goes, no, i got to tell Ahab because why? It's coming. The rain is coming. Get ready. Because the rain is coming, amen? From a little cloud, it's coming. The pouring rain is coming. On the other side of nothing is something. Not only something, but it's everything as on the other side that you can ever ask or imagine. But you got to get to the other side. You cannot accept the nothing that you see right in front of you, amen? It may be seven prayers. It may be 70 prayers. It may be 700 prayers. Whatever it is, however long it takes. But when it does, I'm telling you it's not a mist. It's not a sprinkle. It's not a, a, a slight chance of shower. It's a downpour of the blessings of God. Amen? On the other side of nothing is everything you need. Amen? There's always something on the other side. Of nothing. I'm going to close in this. Remember what James said. James said what? The prayer of a righteous man is what? Weak and and, and not able to use? He said no, it's powerful and what? Effective. The the, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. For Elijah, his prayer was powerful, would you agree? And effective, won't you agree? Powerful and effective. But we must remember these things. First, listen to God. Second is to pray for what he has said, not what we want. Third is to be persistent in our prayer. Because remember, there's something on the other side of what? Of nothing. Amen? We have a choice. We can keep praying like Elijah, and we can see what's on the other side of nothing. Or we can give up, and we can accept the nothing that we see. The choice is ours. We accept the nothing we see, or we keep praying for what's on the other side of nothing. My challenge to you is this, and I'm closing with this, is this week pick up the prayer that you gave up at one time. Pick up the prayer that you gave up at one time. Pick up, pick up that person that you have prayed for long and hard, and you just got tired of it, and you say, you know what, I'm done praying for him well, wait a minute, what about God is answering that prayer even though it's a thousand times you prayed it? Because you either have the nothing you have now or you see the other side of something, but you've got to get to the other side. You've got to pray. Satan would love to wear you down, and I think some of us he has. He's worn us down to the point that we don't want to pray any longer. Or we don't want to pray about this particular thing situation. We give up. We quit. Let me tell you this. Don't give up. You will never see what's behind nothing. You will never see what's behind nothing. That's your choice. Give up in prayer and receive your nothing. Keep being persistent and see the something on the other side of nothing. Stand with me as I close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord, and I thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the example of Elijah, Lord. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we become Elijah's, Lord, that, that we don't give up after the first, second, seventh, 700, seven hundredth, seven thousandth prayer. And we say, oh, okay, well, it ain't gonna happen. So we quit up, we quit and we give up and we accept the nothing that's in front of us. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we push until something happens. We pray until something happens. Lord, we keep praying until something happens. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, that we pick up those things, Lord, whatever it may be. Lord, you know our hearts, Lord. We know our hearts. Those, those issues that we've given up on, those things that we just said, forget about it. it we're, we're, we're done. I ask you, Heavenly Father, allow us to remember those things. Pick them, allow us to pick them up back in prayer again. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, we pick those things up and we are persistent in our prayer, Lord. And we can see the something on the other side of nothing, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we realize that our prayer is powerful and effective, Lord. Lord, because you have made us righteous, Heavenly Father. I ask, Heavenly Father, as we leave this place, Lord, after we and partake in the a, in, in a luncheon, Lord, that, that your presence will not leave us, Lord, but be with us this week, Heavenly Father. Allow us to be persistent in our prayers, Lord. Regardless of what we see, regardless of how small it may be, persistent in our prayers, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. Bless us this rest of the day together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to set up a table up here and we'll need um, help. I think uh, Liz will give the instructions of what we're going to do and um, then we'll eat. Thank you, church.